I am Aaron Schlein, and you have a story. How well do you take constructive criticism? I'm not talking about criticism from the haters, the people that are going to tell you you suck all the time. No, I'm talking about honest, genuine, constructive feedback. How well do you take it and incorporate it or ignore it? And we're going to talk about that today because creative entrepreneurs, which I assume you are one if you're listening to this podcast, or at least an aspiring creative entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs need a system for taking constructive criticism. And it's really best if you set up that system in advance. It takes the emotion out of receiving negative feedback because it can be emotional. It can get your your tempers flaring and you're much better off having a system in place in advance for how you're going to take and deal with constructive negative feedback when you get it. Because if you're doing what you're doing and you're doing it right, you're going to get some negative feedback. That means you're reaching people. And when someone takes the time to reach out with any kind of feedback, positive or negative, that's a gift and you got to honor that gift And as a content creator, truly, one of the best gifts you can get is honest, genuine feedback. So in this episode today, we're going to detail a system for taking constructive criticism to ensure that you don't waste that gift. And here's my little joke about that. Much like a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club, honest feedback isn't always a pleasant gift to receive. But just like the Jelly Club... Honest feedback is a gift that keeps on giving. So you probably already know this, but I host a podcast called Family Travel Radio, which is the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. And a few weeks ago, I ran a listener survey. I ran a survey because I really wanted to know what my audience wants and needs from the podcast. I put that survey out to my audience to help serve them better. And, excuse me, needed to burp. And even though I didn't, I didn't explicitly request feedback about me as an individual or me as a host, I didn't request feedback about my hosting abilities, but I did include the open-ended question in the survey. And that open-ended question was, how can the podcast be improved? And then I just left it at that and left people free to write whatever they liked about how the podcast can be improved. So as the survey started coming in, they were all positive except for one. And in that one that wasn't entirely positive, uh, the response to how can the podcast be improved? One listener wrote two things, two things that I'm going to break down individually. And the first thing they wrote was, and this is a quote, if I were you, I would drop the my friend shtick. End quote. I'm going to explain what that means in just a minute. So just hang on to that. If I were you, I'd drop the my friend shtick. That was point number one. Point number two of how the podcast could be improved in this listener's opinion. Uh, the listener wrote, quote, sometimes you can sound really cheesy, end quote. So we're going to attack those, those two pieces of feedback a little bit later on. So, and again, make no mistake, this was not hater feedback. This was not a hater, somebody writing just to be mean and hurt my feelings or whatever. Now, th- I really believe this was from a, a listener and that the feedback was honest and it was critical, 
but I believe it was honest. The individual chose to remain anonymous, which was unfortunate. I'm not sure what he or she thought I was going to do if they included their, their name, but I allowed people to remain anonymous and this person chose to be anonymous. So that's just the way it went. But again, I could tell from the other responses from this individual that they do listen to the podcast and the criticism was constructive. So that's it. This was not hater feedback. If it was, we'd be having a totally different conversation. This is all about how to accept and incorporate or ignore constructive criticism. So when you are lucky enough to receive honest and constructive criticism, it's tempting to respond in one of two extremes. And one extreme I call the FU response, where you just say, who in the hell are you? This is my show. Nobody's going to tell me how to run my show. And you can insert whatever it is you do in place of the word show. This is my thing. Go away. Leave me alone. What do you know about my thing? That's the FU response. The other response, total opposite end of the spectrum, I call the chameleon response, where you are just willing to change and change colors for anything and everybody because you don't want anybody to think a bad thought or not like you. So you're just willing to change colors and just make immediate changes as soon as you think or as soon as you get wind of someone not liking something that you do. That's the chameleon. So which of these is the appropriate response? The answer, as so often is the case, the answer is it depends. And I know that's unsatisfying, but we're going to break that down here. Sometimes you do have to say F you as politely as you can, of course, F you. And sometimes you need to make those quick and decisive changes. And other times you're somewhere in the middle. Now, my recent experience with this listener survey brought to my attention the importance of having a system. Again, like I mentioned earlier, having that system in place before the feedback comes in so you have a way to, as unemotionally as possible, process and either incorporate or ignore constructive negative feedback. So here's a simple framework that I created for taking constructive criticism and again, either incorporating or ignoring it. Here we go. Step one in taking constructive criticism. Step one, get clear, 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 clear about your core values. Step one is getting clear about your core values. Now, these core values, I know that word gets thrown around a lot, core values. Well, to me, that means just values that are part of your soul, They are part of the innermost fiber of your being. And to violate these core values in response to even the most constructive of criticism, that's going to leave you feeling like a fraud or feeling like a sellout. That is how deep-rooted these values are. So define them clearly in advance. When your core values and your core message are crystal clear, then you can assume that everything else is negotiable. You have those two buckets. You have those non-negotiables. Core values. This is what I'm all about and I'm not changing this. I can't change this. That's how important it is. That's one bucket. The other bucket are your negotiables. So apart from those core values, you've got to be willing to rethink your message and how you deliver that message based on honest feedback from your audience. However, Just because you're willing to rethink something does not mean you have to make a change. So step one, once we've determined our core values, 
We're on to step two. And step two is determine the impact on those core values. So you've determined your core impact, excuse me, you've determined your core values, and now you're going to determine the impact on those core values should you incorporate this constructive criticism. So step two is determining whether that feedback asks you to do something that goes against your core values. Ask yourself these questions. How do I feel about making the change that this individual is asking me to make? Would making this change help me serve my audience better? Huge. And the third one, which is a little bit of a thinker, but it really sums this up really well. Am I selling out my own core values in order to satisfy someone else's? I'm going to repeat that. I like that one a lot. Am I selling out my own core values in order to satisfy someone else's? Boom. Think about that one. I love that one. If you do determine that making change is going to violate your core values, then you are done. No matter how constructive or well-intentioned the feedback is, if someone's asking you to do something that's going to violate your core values, you are done. This process is over. There is no step three. You say thanks, but no thanks. You stay the course with gratitude and you move on with your life. Now we get to step three only once you've determined that making a change is not going to violate your core values. And step three is determine the impact on your audience. So once you've determined that making a change based on the negative feedback is not going to violate your core values, making change is now negotiable. But just because something is negotiable does not mean you have to move out on it. So perhaps the most important thing here to consider is the divisiveness of the issue that you receive this negative feedback on. Someone feels that you should make a change. Someone doesn't like something that you're doing. Okay, that's fine. Now think about whatever that thing is that you're doing that one person doesn't like. Is there a group on the other side who loves you because you do that thing? Does that issue equal or excuse me, does that issue elicit equally strong opinions on the positive side? So you have your negative person who doesn't like this thing about you, this thing you're doing. Is there someone else on the other side who loves you for that thing? Do they have an equally strong opinion on the positive side as the person on the negative side does? And would making that requested change dilute the message, dilute your message in a way that's going to turn off your biggest fans? I'll sum that up again. I'm not sure I explained it the best that I can. But if you have someone on the negative side who's wanting you to change something that they don't like, if you were to make that change, is there going to be someone on the opposite side who loves you for doing that thing who's now going to kind of scratch their heads and say, wow, I'm not sure I'm as into this person as I was before because they're not doing this thing that I used to love that now seems to be gone. So is it going to dilute your message? So, but if you can make a simple change uh, to please certain fans without pissing off your diehard fans, then by all means, go for it. But otherwise, proceed with caution because the more divisive the issue, the more carefully you need to consider the implications of making a change. I've got an analogy here and I call this an ear-splitting analogy because it incorporates one of my favorite topics and that is heavy metal music. So imagine if you will, a frighteningly loud, chest-pounding, ear-splitting heavy metal band. 
Now, this type of band is very likely to repel most people. However, the people who love that band, and I'm probably one of those people, but the people who love that band, they love that band. Capital letters, love that band. And they love that band probably for all the reasons that most people hate that band. Now, if that band were to go toning down their sound and cutting their hair or whatever, if they were going to change anything about their style to please the masses, think about the impact it's going to have on that band's most loyal fans. Imagine you are that band, you have your loyal fans. What are you doing that those loyal fans love so much that you could lose them by making some ill-informed change to your message or your style? So here we go. The real world example. We've outlined the three steps real quickly one more time. Step one, get clear about your core values. Step two, determine the impact on your core values. Step three, determine the impact on your audience. So here we go. A real world example. I summarized this earlier. This is the feedback again that I received on the listener survey for Family Travel Radio. So here's my process for taking that constructive criticism in action I'm going to break down those two components of the feedback I mentioned earlier because my approaches to each are very different. So if you recall, the first piece of feedback in the how can the podcast be improved section, one individual wrote, quote, if I were you, I would drop the my friend shtick. So my question now is to shtick or not to shtick. Personally, I think it's a little harsh to call it shtick but I do understand the spirit of this person's comment. So just taking you back a little bit to the beginning of my podcasting career, I've always wanted to have a consistent way of addressing my collective audience. Uh, podcaster John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire, he has Fire Nation. So when he just addresses his collective audience, he can just say Fire Nation and everyone on the other end knows that he's talking to them. Pat Flynn, another podcaster I listen to, has Team Flynn, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, he simply refers to his audience as podcast. Hey, podcast. And you know, he's talking to you. So I never really came up with anything good, uh, a good way to address my audience, but I am open to suggestions. So early on, I just started saying, my friends, my friends, and as a natural flow. And I really like the idea of thinking of my audience members as friends. Uh, at some point, I started using the singular my friend instead of my friends, thinking that individual listeners uh, would feel like I was speaking directly to them because that's what I want it to feel like. I want it to feel like I'm speaking directly to you, like you're in a, a conversation, albeit a, a one-way conversation. But I want my listeners to really feel an intimate connection, feel like I'm speaking directly to them. So that's where my friend was born. Like, hey, my friend, welcome to the show. Hey, my friend, we're going to have a great guest today, stuff like that in place of Fire Nation or Team Flynn or podcast. For me, it was simply my friend. Now, does this shtick, the my friend shtick, does it bother anybody except for this one listener? I have no idea. I'd never heard anyone, either in my personal life or just from general feedback about the podcast, I've never had a single person mention it in the positive or the negative, so I have no clue if anyone even cares about the my friend shtick beyond this one listener. But putting my process for taking constructive criticism into action here, I have to ask myself, would my core values unravel 
if my friend went away, if I stopped using that? Would that just shake my core values and make me feel like a fraud or a sellout? The answer, of course, is no, it would not. And honestly, I haven't thought that much about it, which is why feedback can be valuable because it gets you thinking about things you don't normally think about or things you aren't even aware of, like my friend never thought about it. My guess is that most of my audience hasn't either, but for some reason, this person is fixated on it. So, hey, I have to respect that. I respect the feedback and at least consider making the change. And if I'm driving my whole audience nuts with this little phrase, then I'm happy to consider making a change. doesn't violate any core values. I'm dropping the my friend from the podcast will not compromise my core values and it is extremely unlikely that it will somehow erode the quality of my content. I still don't consider, I still don't consider it. I can talk. I swear. I still don't consider it to be shtick though. And here's why I use my friend all the time in my day-to-day chit chat with folks. Uh, but again, I don't have a problem adjusting my podcasting style if it better serves my audience or at least if it can just annoy them a little bit less. The second piece of feedback in the listener survey in response to how can the podcast be improved, again, was sometimes you can sound really cheesy. So now my decision to make is cheese, no cheese, maybe extra cheese. So here's the deal. When it comes to being cheesy, I think I have some thinking to do because if being cheesy was one of my non-negotiable core values, then the path forward would be absolutely clear. And that path forward would be, if you can't handle the cheddar, you got to kick rocks and find another podcast. Being cheesy is not something I set out to do, and it is certainly not one of my core values. Pretty sure it's not one of anyone's. So the problem lies in the fact that I don't feel like I'm putting on any sort of act when I'm on the mic. In my mind, I'm just being myself. So maybe, just maybe, the true revelation here is that I'm just a cheesy guy and I never knew it. It's possible. And if that is the case, do I have to change who I am in order to not be perceived as cheesy? Because that, my friend, haha, is not happening. For better or for worse, I don't have a perfect answer here. I'm going to need to give it a little more thought. A friend of mine calls this putting in bathtub time. Private moments of reflection where critical decisions are made. Bathtub time. So in conclusion, be grateful. Be prepared. Taking constructive criticism is part of the gig when putting yourself out on any kind of public display and you have to know that you can't please everyone. So take the time to consider how you're going to process any negative feedback that comes your way and it will come and you're going to be more likely to make good decisions about whether to make changes or to stay the course. As for me, I'd rather be that heavy metal band who is despised by most, yet is adored by true fans who come to every show, have a closet full of concert t-shirts, and buy every album I release, especially those limited edition platinum, gold, vinyl, awesome, super secret edition ones. Those are your true fans. Those are the people you want to please. Serving those fans first and serving those fans best That's how you build something that lasts. And the chameleons who will change colors for anyone, not so much. So positive or negative, 
Always be grateful, be prepared for honest feedback, and having a framework for taking constructive criticism gives you an objective way to choose how to proceed. And my friend, there is nothing cheesy about that. I'll see you next time. I didn't set out to become a paid speaker or a professional podcaster, but those things happened and they happened quickly. And it all began the day I started telling one simple, sweet story from my childhood. You have a story like that. You have a story that can change people's lives, especially your own life. I want you to visit AaronSchlein.com and learn more about the dramatic ways my life changed in just a few short months. And then when you're ready, we can get started telling your story. It's time to do something dramatic. You're ready. You can do this. AaronSchlein.com is the place to get started, and I'm going to see you there. (laughs) 